Hi, this is Walter Montero, and you're listening to this week's edition of the Real Estate and Mortgage Show. Hey everybody, it's Walter Montero. Welcome to this week's edition of the Real Estate and uh, Mortgage Show. We're down to the sixth step of the six steps to the home buying process, which is uh, your deal has become firm and binding. So you're now in a firm and binding contract and uh, you're awaiting your new home to close so you can move into it. So what happens at that final step? So the final step, of course, is when a lawyer finally gets involved in the deal. So the deal is firm, it's binding, you, you've signed a contract, you've made a promise to these people that you're going to be buying their house from them, and now this documentation all gets forwarded off to your lawyer, the lawyer of your choice. Once the lawyer receives that documentation, he is going to do a couple things. I should say he or she is going to do a couple things. They're going to be doing a title search on the property. Okay, basically what that entails is making sure that uh, the owner you bought from is in fact the rightful owner of the property. And they also do a search in terms of any kind of encumbrances that are on the property, the, any registered mortgages, any liens on the property that, uh, you know, maybe uh, somebody owes some money to somebody. There's a registered lien on the property. They make sure that that stuff is all properly dealt with properly discharged all that kind of stuff and they um, you know they make sure that everything's square with the municipality they check with the the municipality to make sure that the taxes are all up to date all that kind of stuff so when you get the title to this property the deed to this property you're gonna get a nice clean deed and making sure that you're not picking up somebody else's problems okay the other thing of course the lawyer does is he receives mortgage instructions from the bank Okay, so what that means is he gets a set of instructions from your lender in terms of the mortgage that you've arranged to buy the property if you did get a mortgage and he drafts up the mortgage. He's the one who actually writes up the mortgage with those instructions um, so that there's a formal document for you to sign and execute and and forward off to uh, to the lender. Okay, and of course that mortgage gets registered on the property on the on the title as well when you when you uh, take possession to it. Okay. The other thing, of course, is uh, a couple things that you need to do is you obviously need to arrange for fire insurance. Okay. So you have to make sure that you get insurance on the property because a property that can't be insured cannot be mortgaged. Okay. So very important that uh, you do get uh, the insurance in order just so that, um, you know, you can obviously get your, your mortgage and not to mention you want to have insurance on the property. Okay. Sometimes you'll run into challenges and that could be something you want to talk to your realtor about, about properties that sometimes may not be insurable. Some insurance companies are sensitive to aluminum wiring, for example, or knob and tube wiring, or, um, you know, they may be sensitive to the fact that the property was once used as a, a grow house or, you know, something along those lines. So make sure that, uh, you know, at this time in the transaction, that's probably not a good time to have these problems. You want to make sure that these things are rectified before you actually finalize the deal. So you may even want to include a condition in your agreement that it's conditional upon you being able to arrange insurance on the property. Most properties you're not going to have a problem with, but, you know, you get into some of these 
these older homes, you could run into an issue. So you can discuss that with your realtor, whether you should include a condition on insurance or not. But at this point, you know, like I said, if, if it's a challenge now, then you're probably doing it too late. So just make sure that that's something you, uh, you deal with uh, at the time of the offer. Um, once uh, all that, um, you know, that uh, red tape has been taken care of by by your lawyer and his team or her team um, they're going to have you come into the office to execute some documents at that point is also when they're going to ask you for the down payment and uh, the closing costs okay so that's uh, usually done by way of certified check so when he calls you or she calls you to arrange an appointment to come in and and sign off on the deal to to have him prepared for closing on the day of closing they're going to tell you a figure of you know x amount of dollars and that check needs to be you know a certified check or a bank draft or or something along those lines so all monies uh, that are that change hands within a real estate transaction are done through the lawyer okay so they're going to take care of all of that for you now before you meet with the lawyer there is one other step that you should do with your realtor and that's what's called the final inspection okay now most realtors today do write in a clause that allow the buyer to go in and do a final walkthrough on the property and that usually happens a day or two before closing okay now the whole purpose behind that final walkthrough is to make sure that the property that you bought is still in the same general condition as when you made the offer okay so that's that's typically the purpose of that particular exercise so when you walk through you want to make sure that you know nobody's kicked the heck out of the property or you know maybe something that you thought was included you want to just make sure and verify that that particular element was still there so you you just want to make sure that everything's done okay now there is some confusion about what happens on the final walkthrough so at the final walkthrough if you as the buyer find that there's something wrong you want to address that to your lawyer so the lawyer can talk to the other side and see if we can rectify the problem. Some lawyers are very quick to exercise something called a holdback. So basically what that means is they hold back a certain amount of money in order to ensure that something gets done. Okay, so or, you know, maybe even pay for you know a particular damage to the property. Now, this is sort of a gray area because you know, unless it's specified in the agreement that a holdback was agreed upon, your lawyer cannot just arbitrarily hold back money, okay? So be very careful when flexing that muscle. Some lawyers are very good at doing it, but when push comes to shove, the seller can push back and say, hey, that wasn't in the agreement. We've got a deal for you to buy this house and you got to go ahead and buy the house, okay? Now, the avenue of recourse is, of course, if you feel you've been slighted, is small claims court afterwards, okay, which is, of course, a pain in the butt, but nonetheless, that is really the, the avenue of, of recourse, so you've got to be really careful uh, when you've got a lawyer that does suggest a holdback, let him or her kind of play that out, but know that, uh, you know, a holdback is not your right, it's uh, sometimes just a way for them to flex muscle, unless, of course, it is specifically addressed in the agreement. All right. So once you go in there and meet the lawyer, you're going to sign all the documents. You're going to sign the deed. 
you're going to go over what's called a statement of adjustments, um, you know, so you know, you know, what monies went where and you're going to sign the mortgage, of course, you're going to execute all those documents, you're going to get a bit of writer's cramp because there is a lot of paper to sign. And then once those documents are signed, you give the check over, the bank is going to send the proceeds of the of the mortgage over to the lawyer and then he's he or she is going to go and and close that deal with the other lawyer. Most deals are done electronically now. And once the deal closes, the house is technically yours. Okay, so it's yours. You you get a phone call from the lawyer, and um, you you've got to go pick up the keys, and uh, you've got yourself a new home. Now, the other thing that does come up during this particular day is from time to time you'll find a seller that is a little bit sluggish in getting out of the house, and uh, there's always a question of okay, when do they technically have to be out of the house? Well, from a technical perspective. Once the monies have changed hands, they got to be out of that house, folks. The house is no longer theirs. They can't continue to stay in there forever. Now, we do run into situations, and I've personally run into situations where, you know, you've had sellers kind of dragging their butt on the way out the door. In fact, I remember one seller on a property, in fact, I think it was the first property I ever bought, so it's quite a while ago, where they took forever to come out of the property, and they, they held me up till about 8.30 at night before I could get into it. Now, did I have an avenue of recourse? Uh, yes and no. I mean, they did, you know, cost me some extra money in terms of, of my additional moving costs. But quite honestly, folks, you know, I don't know if you've ever been through small claims court, but that particular exercise alone is a nightmare. So think long and hard before you do that kind of thing. Most people are pretty courteous about getting out in time, but just be, be warned that it can, sometimes that moving day can be very stressful. In today's interest rate environment, I am highly recommending to my clients uh, to do bridge financing. So basically what that means is I have them close a property earlier than the house that they're selling. Okay. So if you're a first time home buyer, obviously you don't have that problem, but you may have that in a rental situation. So if you're moving at the end of the month and you got to be out that day, well, you got to be prepared to move very, very quickly. But if you close, let's say, in the middle of the month, well, your tenancy runs until the end of the month. So you've got two weeks to move into your new home. So from that perspective, you know, it's a no-brainer for first-time home buyers. But for, you know, resale buyers or repeat buyers, what you can do is you can arrange a bridge loan, if you qualify for it, of course, where you take possession of your new home before your old home closes. And again, you can have that same luxury of not having such a stressful moving day. I highly recommend it. Today's day and age, it's, it's very, very cheap. In fact, it's so cheap that most lenders now have implemented an administration cost because, you know, unless they get something for it, it's not worth their while. Okay. So anyway, good thing to talk about with your mortgage broker when you're arranging the loan. But uh, that's what I would recommend. Folks, that in a nutshell, is um, the home buying process. I hope you enjoyed the series. Uh, and again, I invite you to come and see me if you're looking for a home and certainly call on Karen if you would like some mortgage advice. And I'm wishing you the best. Have a great summer. Okay. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the Real Estate Mortgage Show. If you have any real estate questions, please direct them to me at 519-624-9222 or walter at maximumresults.ca or you can find me online at www.cambridgehouses.com If your interests are in mortgages, please feel free to call 519-624-9222 
or email Karen at Karen at MaximumResults.ca or you can find her online at www.m as in Mary, r as in Roger, financial.ca. Thanks again for listening and I hope you have a great week.